Welcome back, Gameaholics, to the Gameaholic Podcast. This week, we're doing what I'm calling a bonus episode. We're taking a bit of a break from our Telltale extravaganza. And we've got our good friend Billy, a.k.a. Wolfo911, uh, joining the pod for a review on an indie game called Death's Door. How's yes, it going, sir. Bill? Dude, doing great, man. Thanks again for having me. Of course. Love, love having you on here. Um, we're thinking of doing a new type of session here. Um, every month, we're going to try to review at least one of the PlayStation free games of the month and kind of give you a, is this worth space on your hard drive do you think this is worth the download is this game worth playing is this worth your time because god forbid not everybody has the time to sit down and go through (laughs) all these games research all these games it's easy to just know is this a buy is this not a buy or is this a download is this not a download and that's what we're hoping to bring forward and that's why we're starting this month with uh death's door so i think if my explanation wasn't clear enough death's door is one of the free playstation games of the month uh, for August. So by the time this comes out, you should have a couple of days left if you're interested in downloading it. Um, but we're going to kind of break through the story. We're going to break through playability. We're kind of going to talk about everything in the pod. So Billy, maybe I'll put you on the spot. Um, you weren't necessarily super dialed right off the bat on this. Yeah. So I initially saw it and I wasn't really sure like what I was looking at. Like it was like, you were explaining to me over Snapchat. You're like, Oh, you're a, you're a bird like collecting souls. And I was like, all right, I'll just keep playing The Witcher then. <laughs> like, yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, but then I actually got recommended by um, another friend as well. I was like, all right, I have two friends now who recommended this game. So I looked at some screenshots, saw uh, like the little red lightsaber. I was like, all right, this looks uh, looks kind of interesting here. And um, I, I was looking to look, look kind of like um, a Zelda type game. Like there's like some exploration, there's different abilities to get. And um, I thought it was worth a shot, so I started playing it and literally didn't put it down for 14 hours Like <laughs> when I first started playing, so completely it, sold me on it. And it's, it's, it's funny because if you Google this game, and this is kind of what sold me on this. Uh, first of all, the thing that sold me on this is actually the cover. Um, yeah. The, I think that the cover of this game with like you know the witch with the yeti with the little bird holding his little lightsaber dagger, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, this looks like an interesting game right off the bat. Um. I saw that it was sort of a top-down game, and I wasn't necessarily sold on that portion of it at first. Mm-hmm. At first, I'm going to say. Uh, but I said, fuck it, it's free. Let's download it. Let's jump in. And similar to you, I played it, and I said, this is nuts. Like, this is really good. so much fun. And it's a small game. Like, we can both agree, I think. What What do you think is honestly the playtime to go... Even, let's just say finish the main story. So I'm not talking about getting, like, the secret ending and stuff. But, right. like... To the main story, I would say what it's like six hours, maybe, or is that might might be less than that to be honest? Because I I did two one hundred percent playthroughs, and on my mm. second playthrough, I got a hundred percent completion in only like eight hours, and that was doing literally everything in the game. Like I did skip dialogue on my second playthrough because yeah. obviously I I read everything the first time, but yeah, no, it's a nice um nice short and sweet. It does have like a good amount of content though, even though it is like not that long of a game. And one thing before, and I know we're going to jump around a lot on this thing, but yeah. one thing I really want to kind of just talk about before anything else, and let's not talk story quite yet, but just the end game in this is shockingly impressive. 
it's great there, there's so many different areas to explore and like obviously because like 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 uh, like it's a zelda game you are getting different abilities throughout the game which help you like unlock like various entrances that maybe you passed earlier on in the game you didn't have the tools to access them so being able to go back through the, all the different areas and we'll get into the secret ending as well which basically every area has a little puzzle in order to get a tablet which unlocks a secret door at the end of the game which reveals the true ending um so yeah with all that there's there's a lot to like go back and explore and like various puzzles and different combat challenges so yeah definitely a, a great end game as well and I thought that the um, environments, like, kind of standout environments were stunning. Like, Oh, for uh, sure, yeah. Like, it, it, it's, I don't really know how you want to dis- describe this level of animation, but it's all, like, it's obviously cartoony and, like, almost like clay, I want to say. I know that's a weird That's a good, that's a really good explanation of it. Because even, like, first of all, there's a lot of, like, really interesting um, designs, like, the boss and stuff, like, really creative. I, I remember you, you told me about, like, the creativity. If you really just look at the characters and see all the details on them. But, like, yeah, like, they could all be put together by clay. That's a really good way to describe it. Dude, the cover, for me, to be honest with you, was the, the selling point. Like, I, I saw the cover and I literally said to myself, like, this looks just very interesting. And like that's one of my things that I do on PlayStation is whenever I look at the free game of the year, or the month, sorry. Not, <laughs> we, we, we talk too much about game of the year already today. So uh, the game of the month, when I look at those, I, I often actually look through the screenshots and I watch the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's my way to tell. And this game was like, okay, like this could be interesting. But the Dark Souls side of things, I, I feel like I see as well. Yeah, like, I think it like... I don't know if I would go as far as Dark Souls because like what was kind of surprised to me is like I thought when you died you would lose all the souls you carry but you don't you basically like you just you just respawn so that's why I wouldn't go as far as call it like a Dark Souls type game because there's no like real punishment for death but um it, it does have like that like a, a similar challenge to it where depending on like the types of enemies and the configuration of enemies some of the combat encounters can be like quite challenging. It's and and yeah, I was actually gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Like when I compare it to Dark Souls, a I think about obviously how much diving around and rolling around are you doing tons, <laughs> and that's like a Dark Souls tradition. But right. the other thing I find is each boss fight and each like fight that you get into. Like I'll be honest, every time I got locked into a room, I would actually be a little scared, just because like the you have four hearts, yeah. you you can't heal. It's it's pretty heavy a lot of the time, like in terms of like unforgiving. Like you don't have that many options, or you don't have that many like chances before yeah, for you die. Sure. Like, like like you said, like it's literally like you can make five mistakes per fight, unless you get like the upgrades later on. But like on your first playthrough, you're probably not like getting every upgrade in the optimal route. So yeah, you literally have like five mistakes per boss fight, which is it's not a lot. And even like sometimes um just like going through the levels, like the checkpoints can be like pretty like spread far apart. So you have to be really careful in every single encounter, even if it's, even if it's just a single enemy, because that can be like a quarter of your health gone just right there. And like, you know, uh, the healing, very interesting in this one. But also, again, I find the healing is very similar to the healing in uh, Elden Ring, where there you need to find sort of the, what are those called? Oh my God. I don't your little sights, your sights of grace. The sights of grace. Here, the sights of grace take the form of the plants. Yeah, I love it. How you're a bird and you're eating seeds to heal. Dude, this game is like, I would just describe this game. It's just so charming. Like all the characters and stuff. Like it's just such a charming game. It's, and you know what the the thing is to me, it's like fascinating. Like it's, it's, it's so light, but also like, 
you know, you have to, you do have to try. Like, I can get frustrated in a lot of these games, but this game I never really got frustrated in other than one specific part, which uh, we can talk about in a little bit. But, like, there's only really one part of this game where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, Uh, what was that part? Okay, no, it's, so, the gray uh, crow fight. Oh, right, right. I kept getting shredded. Like, Oh, I I guess we should... Sorry, I, was gonna, so I guess we should say this is like spoilers on the, um, the, the game. Of course, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk through story, we're gonna talk through game style, we're gonna talk through everything. Um, of course, and really just yeah, like this game, um, like I said, the Gray Crow. Like in that fight, I was I just kept getting wiped by him, and I realized though, like um, it was just because I relied so heavily on my uh, sword that right. that was why I, I I wiped on him so hard. So. The game gives you like uh, like Billy had mentioned. The game gives you magic that you can pick up, but it also just gives you your your basic sword. Um, and the sword is what I I relied the most heavily on on my first playthrough. But the second playthrough, which uh, also had a ton of fun involved, which uh, sure. I want to talk about there. But the second playthrough, where you don't really rely on your sword due to the trophy we were trying to get, um, I felt that that fight was cake. Yeah. What was crazy is like it was such a it was so much fun like really understanding the combat system especially like like you said on the second playthrough which is one of the trophies is is you can only use a an umbrella as your melee weapon which is very weak so you essentially go to a spell only playstyle it's and that was was super refreshing like it's uh, the 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 official stats on that umbrella is it's half the damage of the sword right so and I but like yeah that's the thing is like your spells still do full damage. Yeah, exactly. So you you get to basically just rely on that entirely different playstyle. Like it makes every combat encounter a little bit different. You know, you're using your environment more to like hit pots or whatever in order to get charges for your magic or your bow or whatever. So it kind of changes the way you play the entire game, which I really enjoyed, especially because I had to do a second playthrough. It was nice that it was a fresh like playthrough. Uh, speaking of like the pot hitting and everything like that, like this is one of those games where you have to build up your magic abilities by basically hitting something. <laughs> With right. your sword. Literally either anything. It's a, either it's like something breakable or whatever, right? Like it's right. either a pot or it's an enemy or blah, 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 blah. But, or a projectile. But mm. one of the things that I thought was kind of silly was like you and hot take, and I'd love your thoughts on this. <laughs> it should be a natural um, recovering when you're not in combat. Uh, there, was, yeah. there was just some times for me where like, I think about going to the Frog King's place and you're going across those boardwalks, I would run out. And right. I need to like backtrack to find a pot. And I was like, well, like I get why you don't want unlimited in combat, but like when you're just trying to do stuff like this, like it was a little frustrating for yeah, me. Yeah, I completely agree with that, especially like with the exploration side of things, because there were certain areas in the game where I remember like let's say I needed to use fire to light like a lantern or something like that, or I needed a bomb to blow up a thing. And I was looking around, like, you'd hope there's, like, oh, a couple of boxes somewhere and stuff. But, like, I had to go to an entirely different zone just to get charges to break a, like, destroyable wall. When there's, I already defeated all the enemies. I was just doing exploration stuff. So, that was, that was pretty tedious. But besides that, like, you know, like, they give you, like, lots of stuff to hit throughout combat and throughout your regular playthrough. But it would be nice if it at least built up, like, two charges so you could at least use your bomb or whatever while you're just doing the exploration stuff. Because it can get I, tedious. I went 100 and... 10% agree with that and like I was gonna say like I think like you know it even in terms of the lore of the story it doesn't really make sense like 
I just think about any game where you have magic. Normally, it's kind of recovering on its own. You don't need to like hit at a least pot. a small portion of it. Like yeah, like again, I'm for not one saying, cast. Like, and I'm not saying if you're in combat and you use all of it and you're not hitting an enemy, I get why you need to hit an enemy to get that back. Like right. that makes sense. I just think when we were like, there's no enemies for a hundred miles. Why are we doing this? For sure, for sure. Or if they're like, but most of the like most of the time though, it does give you stuff around to hit and even like. A lot of obstacles regenerate, so you're able to just get like infinite charges and stuff. But there's a couple areas where like you'd hope that there was a rechargeable object to hit when there just wasn't. But for the most part, and, I, I, it was fine. Totally, and I think like the overarching story here, which I I really like, is Yo, is basically sure. you know like you're a crow boy, you're a little crow boy, <laughs> and you're a reaper, which I thought is really cool. And like basically, I guess the crows are like almost our death in this. Uh, which is a little bit of a spoiler for later on, but the crows, you're like death. And, you know, you're going around collecting souls. And I thought one thing that was really interesting about the whole soul collection is when you're in the bureau, right? Like when you're in like the crow world, whatever you call it, you don't age. But when you're in the real world, you age. Yeah. And, you know, until you get your... So you have to get your soul as quick as possible so you don't age forever trying to find your soul. And has, like, a really interesting, like, kind of monster... It's Monsters Inc. kind of vibe where a door drops down, you have a mission to do, so you go in, get the soul, and then get out and stuff. And I, I thought that was a whole, like, cool, like, whole premise how, like, these, like, doors are just going in between worlds and stuff, and you're getting, like... Because these guys are, like, working, like, a like literal, like, an office and stuff like that. They're doing paperwork and everything, so you're dropping a door, going to a new world and everything. I just thought that whole, like door concept was really interesting and then like the leader of the entire thing is the lord of doors so doors are a huge aspect of this game and and like yeah i i actually i didn't even to be honest i didn't think about the monsters inc i just kind of thought about now honestly (laughs) but dude it makes total sense like i'm sitting here and i'm like oh yeah like it absolutely it makes the monsters inc sense like totally yeah i think sorry go ahead no I, i was just gonna say like the that whole side of things makes sense. I was really confused when, you know, how your soul sort of randomly disappears from the, like, massive um, plant that you kill. Your soul disappears from the mass. What massive plant? Well, that's, like, who your initial giant soul was. Right? Oh, you yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your initial uh, and, assignment. So, yeah, and it disappears and goes into the door. And I was like, oh, what? The, what is going on here? And then you meet that gray crow. Mm-hmm. who turned out to be the bane of my existence obviously um <laughs> and you find out there's that locked door and i was like okay this is kind of confusing and it's like go collect the souls and i was like okay this is gonna be fun um and each soul so the three only three souls you have to collect so again very low touch yeah um each soul was a really fun and unique and different experience i always and uh, like i'd love your thoughts on this but i always like the games where each kind of area gives you a new ability like zelda like it's a very zelda type sure. thing where it's like you you know if you're gonna go here you're gonna learn something new yeah no it, it's awesome and like and usually as you're going to different areas you're passing like for an example there's these lanterns where you have to use fire to light them in order to like open a door or whatever and like as you're going to get the uh like the fire ability you're passing lanterns you're like huh like if I had something that could light that, that'd probably be helpful and stuff like that. So then eventually when you get it and like like you said, like each zone has its own ability, you get to be able to like go back to that zone and even like the different areas to like unlock various bonuses for your character and stuff. So yeah, very Zelda and like very structured, which I really appreciated. And like I I also find that it reminds me, I know you mentioned um other games, but like did you ever play um 
Metroid Prime for GameCube? Yes. So this Years reminds ago. <laughs> me very heavily of Metroid Prime for GameCube, where it's one map, but you have to keep going back and forth because you unlock new abilities to get you into different doors, like back yeah. and forth on the same map. And again, it's it's very similar to this, but like I just played Metroid on GameCube not too long ago. Well, okay. I guess on Switch because they just did a remaster. Uh, so that's why that's like fresh in my head right now. Yeah, it's it's a really great like Metroidvania type game, like you said, like. And, and honestly like after playing like cause i'm uh, usually playing like pretty complicated games like like for example the witcher i went like it's not like complicated but there's a lot of different menus and stuff like that so it was super refreshing to just night play like a nice simple extremely polished metrovania game where like you know your upgrades aren't like a bunch of crazy things just like damage you know spell damage yeah. attack speed so it was nice to just play like a simple like very well polished game and like so question for you, out of the three souls that you have to track down, what storyline was your favorite? What Ooh. boss fight? Like, like I just, what, what of those three? So the Yeti, um, obviously the, frog. The, the witch or the frog, which of those three was your favorite? I think I liked the witch the best because, um, going to the character, the, the characters in this game are actually adorable. And like a, a big character that's featured in the whole witches area is pothead. Who is a guy who has like a, a pot of soup on his head and like even like oh, the animations are like like I said charming like he like bows down to you and a little bit of soup falls out of his head it's just hilarious and like or he, or when there's like the the little um little like forest spirit things swimming in his head oh wait I really I think I missed that. I think that's at the end. Like, I think that's when you. Oh my, that's like, adorable. Yeah, so he has his pot off, and there's little ones swimming in the soup on his head. Oh like, my yeah, god, <laughs> I love him. But um, yeah. The, so the whole witch's area, and you know, you find out like you know he's like the grandchild of the witch, and basically this witch like a big premise of this game. Obviously, we'll get into it more is, is sort of like cheating death. Like people don't want to die; people want to live forever. So the way the witch does this is she like half makes a deal with the Lord of Doors to not send any crows after her, but she also um uses like these spells to put pots on her family members heads and it basically makes them like immortal or like or like live much longer and the, the, the grandson basically like, the, the spell goes wrong because he's kind of like rejecting it so like he has like an actual bowl of soup on his head and it's not just like a pot protecting him so i thought her whole storyline was pretty interesting and like how she like appear like her 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 um her manner was very like luigi's mansion kind of you know like there's a lot oh, of like 100%. ghost type enemies and i was getting that vibe the entire time and even when she appears to you after you um collect like one of the uh bird souls which are basically because basically like each of the bosses they somewhat made a deal with the lord of doors to not have ravens go after them when they were going to die so they basically shut off all these doors and then the ravens that were initially there to like collect souls for their assignment kind of ended up just dying of old age because they had no way to get back because all of their like doors were closed so in each of the three sections you're collecting the souls of these dead birds in order to open up a door which unlocks your new combat ability for that section and yeah so the witch's section in general i just thought it was like a kind of a cool lore story about her and she was like really creepy so that was probably my favorite one but they all I, have like would, a nice unique twist on it like a nice like that, cool area i would actually say the exact same thing i thought that that one was the shining light for me and like the other ones i i really didn't like the last one uh to be oh, honest the, with you. The, the yeti I, I just didn't like yeah i hated those rooftops i found that they were just like so felt so uninspired um but like the Yeti fight was okay. Like the, the frog prince fight was also okay. But um, I think, so I know you mentioned like the overarching kind of theme here is cheating death, which we see a lot of, but mm. one thing that I, th 
I've noticed throughout the game and it, it really hit for me was another like theme that we see played out a lot in this is how um, the, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, how people may be viewed as tyrants or maybe viewed as evil or maybe viewed as whatever, but they're also revered or respected by some and everybody has good qualities. Yeah. And we, we see that obviously with the gravekeeper where mm-hmm. every time you kill one of the main bosses, the gravekeeper comes and he says, let's celebrate the life of this person. And then it, he says, this person was, did this, this person was evil. This person was feared. This person was blah, blah, blah. But this person was also revered or this person was also caring for their community or cared for their family. Like yeah. they talk about how the witch wanted to protect her family above all else. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that it's really interesting how they don't, they basically do these funerals for these characters and they show and talk about how they weren't all bad. So it honestly makes taking the life of these characters as well as like, the whole thought process behind this is an evil witch or this is an evil Yeti and turns it into like, yes, maybe they needed to be stopped, but they weren't pure evil. Like they that, had their own yeah. things. That's such a great point. Cause like, even you see um with one of the items, cause like obviously you can collect things like collectibles throughout the game. Yeah. One of them is the frog mass for like the henchmen of the frog king. And it's all saying like how much they like love and care for him because like he like protects them and everything. So it's like, like you said, like they all maybe do like questionable acts that are maybe like not like morally the right thing to do, but they do also like take care of the people who like serve them and everything. And like, you know, like they have, they have, they, they do good things as well. And it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Cause it's just like, it's all, it's all about like death it, it is like, is, is death like, okay. Like it, death is, is like a natural thing and stuff like that. But like some people prevent it, but they have like, various reasons for preventing it that they may be like they think is the morally thing to do but maybe the crows think it's wrong so so it's really interesting the whole like psychology of it all with, with death with the various characters i know and i feel like we just got so deep on that um <laughs> but yeah like it really is it's about people not being ready to die people not wanting to like whatever and you know either these people being portrayed as evil and finally oh you have to kill them and get their soul but it's like yeah you did probably have to kill them but they weren't necessarily the worst person in the world if you think yeah. about what they did like you think about that yeti she's like she's just a monster like she or not even a, she's just a creature that lives there you know like and, and it like even like keeps to itself for the most part like it's not like going around terrorizing people like it has its little lair and it doesn't really like attack other people that often totally and and like i just i really liked for me personally i really liked that side of it and it was something i realized during kind of the first funeral and playing through the game twice and seeing all the funerals uh and and kind of seeing what the gravekeeper was was saying i was like this is this is pretty deep because like you know you he starts off with two really bad things and he goes into a really nice thing at the end basically to show both sides of the coin for sure yeah no i love the way death's exploring this game even when you're hearing the dialogue when you're speaking to the lord of doors talking about like you know like i can do all these things and stuff but at the end of the day i die like is that so it's like this is my everything what i do like doesn't really mean anything because like we all have the same fate at the end so it's really interesting how they explore that but in like a a more of like a even like a like a light like a light way with like obviously playing as a a bird with a lightsaber there's all these like funny looking characters and stuff but it, it is interesting that it has like a deeper subject matter there really is like a yeah there really is a deep subject matter if you keep your eyes opened or ears opened but also realistically if you just care about doing some fun hack and slash this is also the game for you <laughs> of right? course like, of course yeah it's just the, it's <laughs> the the combat's a blast like especially on my second playthrough when i really got like a hang of things and like i started just like using everything in tandem it, it was fun to be able to um 
just experiment with the various things you can do. So like you can, you get four abilities in the game. You also have the, uh, the option to upgrade them by doing these different combat challenges. And for example, like the fire, you can upgrade it. So it does a damage over time burning effect. So by the end of the game, I was like casting fire to set the burning effect. And then I was using the, uh, the grappling hook to like grapple onto an enemy to like close the distance. And I was just using the entire combat system. So if you're not all into the, the deep, like, morality of the death and stuff it is just still a really good like metrovania with uh, some fun engaging combat well and it's again it's it's super fun and i think talking quickly like you know the main story ends on a on a really cool note um and you can kind of eventually now go in and do the after story type stuff so when the lord of doors is defeated and he drops a key that's kind of what opens up the rest of it and you have to collect seven tablets from a multitude of different, unique, very unique things. I'm going to mm-hmm. add that. Like, it is not, like, it, it's not like you're doing the same thing seven times. It's like you're going here, you're doing this, you're fighting this person, or you're leading ghosts back to their statues, right? Like, yeah. there's so I, many cool it, things I think it's it's literally a completely different thing every single time. Like, and you're going throughout the entire map. And I'm going to kind of jump right into one of my all times, which obviously we can talk about, is the gravekeeper fight and death yeah Um, that i was actually it was funny billy because when i was finishing this game up and cleaning this game up i was like i want to talk to billy so hard about (laughs) the the gravekeeper how interesting is it that he wants to be dead more than anything like Mm -hmm. at the beginning he's like hit me please please kill me please and he's like i guess i'm still alive and it's like part of the tutorial of like the different attacks to do to try to kill him too i thought that was like well implemented and then finally you find that last shiny thing up on the mountain and you give it to him and he like snaps. Yeah. He really breaks down. Uh, I, and, like, I Do you know, uh, is there lore behind that? Yeah. So if you actually like inspect the, lo- <clears throat> excuse me, if you inspect the locket, it's a picture of him with his dog. So it was his dog's resting yeah, it, place. Then. Oh you, yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. The locket literally has like a little picture of him and his dog. Like he's like snuggling up to and stuff. So yeah, it was his dog that died. Like his friend was his dog. And apparently it, like, it's very, very close to his dog. Cause like, like you said, like when you give him this, um, lock in stuff, he's kind of like, Oh, like that, that's, you found my lock and stuff like that. And then he like literally starts crying, completely breaks down. Then you end up in a boss battle with him, which is like, pretty emotional moment like it was pretty cool like yeah it was totally and you finally and the nice thing is you finally give him that sweet release so he can join yes. his dog in death yeah which was which was a, a beautiful way to end his character as you've like you've seen like you said you see him after every boss fight so it was nice to be able to finally give him his like peace at the end as well and i'm sure you probably w- might agree with this but he was my all-time favorite character in that game I, I I'm a big pothead guy, honestly. Like, favorite okay, character. that's fair. That's I thought fair. he was adorable. But yeah, no, he was a really great character as well. I really enjoyed like all the interaction with him and stuff. And uh, you know, you meet that I forget I forget his name, like Kunk, like Kunk or something like that. But like the guy that like basically you rescue, um, with the mask, and then you find him with your mask afterwards. Uh, did I miss that as well? <laughs> Wait, no, dude, no, no, because he's the guy where you pick up the old frog mask from him. Um, oh, of course, of course, of course. He's in the jail. Yes, of course. Wait, he's wearing your mask after? Yeah, he's wearing a crow. Oh mask. my goodness, you I did. Actually, That's adorable. I, I guess I missed that. You actually get a a trophy for it, and it pops up. It's called um, it's called something like gain gain a fan or like you got a fan. Yeah, I remember like the that. trophy. Oh my, I guess I didn't like really pay attention to his character. That's adorable. Like, uh, yeah, it's 
to me, it's it's like absolutely incredible. The other thing that I thought was so cool, um, like Jefferson the octopus. Oh my! So, so I just I I just like I'm playing playing the game as we're talking here. I just saw the crow mask. That's adorable. Like yeah, I yeah, never like, really took it in. So, but like yeah, Jefferson in the same little city. Um, I love how everyone's like, yeah, he makes the best soup, and you go in, and it's very clearly an octopus <laughs> controlling, like, a dead person. Pu- puppeteering a dead body. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, yeah. oh. and, That and, was and, and, so good. And he has, like, he's really useful, like, so we'll continue to talk about him, but he's also really useful, like, he, if you talk to him, he'll give you some soup, and as you're eating your soup, he'll give you hints on where uh, various upgrades are in the map. And they're, they're really good hints, like, I didn't search up anything yeah. for my entire playthrough, I was able to just do it all through his hints, so. And he's he, adorable, though. I, yeah, he, he was so good, and, like, the walk with him, the walk with him was fucking long, though, you have to admit that. Yeah, but I'm glad it didn't pull a Hollow Knight where I don't know if you're familiar with the flower quest from Hollow yeah, Knight. Yeah, of course where, I remember. So the yeah, quest. so while I was doing it, I was like, "Can I get hit while I'm doing this?" So I didn't even risk it. But on my second playthrough, I purposely jumped off the map to see if it matters. But luckily, like you're allowed to get hit, you can even you can even die and you'll be okay. But it yeah, it was a far walk. But he does have some dialogue here and there, so yeah, I does. thought it was he, pretty fun. He absolutely does. I compl- know what the worst part was. I accidentally on my exploring, I found where he was supposed to go and went the whole way before so I did I. so did i <laughs> and then i was like oh there's a giant squid thing here and i was like hmm i wonder if this is uh something i need to do and sure oh my it was <laughs> but like i did the whole walk and everything yeah that's exactly how i figured out too i saw the missing squid statue and i was like oh i know a squid like <laughs> yeah i know i know i guess yeah squid not octopus but yeah at, like Honestly, what made the journey bearable as well was every time you roll, you kind of squish him and he makes a little noise. And I thought that was very amusing throughout the entire journey because I was usually just spamming roll the entire time to move quicker. So, and yeah, I love I, I didn't you, mind. you got a tablet off of it, right? Like, yes, very yes. Cool. That, like I said, that tablet was awesome. Um, the the tablet with the flaming braziers in um, the rooftops. The, I hated. I fucking hated that one. You was crazy. I, I stumbled across all of the braziers as yeah. on my first playthrough and i was shooting fire at it and it wasn't working i was like huh like i guess i don't know i have to like do it later on the game or something but then you find out like, you have to make it nighttime in order to do all these um ancient tablet challenges and yeah like that one was okay i didn't like i thought the leading the slow ghosts was a was felt like a cheap one to me but that's fine like they deserve some cheap ones there can't be seven yeah vendors, i, I was gonna what like speaking of the ghost one like that one like for a second like it, it took me a little bit to like realize what, where i was supposed to lead the ghost but was there any like puzzles that you remember specifically that were like gave you like a, a bit longer time than you'd like to admit like that you got a little stumped on or anything yes uh, i had to google one uh um, which one the great sword uh well, the, uh, yeah with, with the little like um little hints they get you like little like uh what's it called riddles they give you or whatever to like lead still, you to like, where the I, next thing yeah, is Yeah, it was like oh check where the two pillars under the door and i was like oh okay i'm not gonna do this so i just like <laughs> googled it like that was that was probably the one that like absolutely like took me off where i was like i don't know right where to go. um and that was the uh, only one that actually got me confused yeah for, for me like i i took a lot of pride in, like like I spent a lot of time just running around because I was like, I'm not going to search up anything. But luckily, the game does have a lot of things to help you. So like in the end of the game, uh, any door that you still have things to collect or things to do will have like a, a pink glow around it. I, so you know wish st- I, I wish I knew that. The, the, like, I, I had a feeling it was like that because I went into the very beginning area 
because I knew it was like relatively small and stuff, and I got the last collectible you needed there, and then the pink went off, so I was like, ah, okay, I I know what to do now. But even at that, I still got um, still took me a while to like figure out like where things were in certain areas. Mm-hmm. But luckily, the pothead guy, if you actually go visit him at night in the garden, he'll tell you where uh pots are. So like, you still have to find the seeds on your own, but he'll tell you like where the pots are, which was pretty convenient. It's like similar to the the squid mm-hmm. telling you to where the upgrades are. And then in regards to the puzzles, I hate to admit it, but you know how you're going into the um, the witch's area and you have to shoot your arrow through the fire into the brazier. You had to Google that? No, I didn't Google. Uh, no, I didn't Google anything. Like I, oh, I, okay, I, okay, I, I okay, 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 okay. But okay. that, that took me ages to click. Like I like left the area. I was like, oh, I have to get something to light the brazier. And then after, like, I'm like wandering around for like longer than I want to admit. And I eventually just really just look at like what's in front of me. I see a statue of a guy with an arrow pointing through the fire at the brazier. And I just shoot my arrow. I was like, ah, I see. <laughs> but the, the puzzles were great, though. I, I did I, enjoy them. I was going to say, like, that one I solved. That one was not, that one didn't, like, that was like an instant one for me. I was like, oh, that one took, that one took me a minute. <laughs> but to be fair, you also, another one that I had to Google now that I think about it was how to get into Pothead's secret garden. Um, I didn't oh, yeah. realize you had to inspect the old family photo. So yeah, I, I was whole... pumped. I was pumped when I figured that one out because I knew yeah. that chessboard had to like have something to do with it. Like, yeah, like I, I, I was at that chessboard for a while, just hacking and slashing random shit. And I realized <laughs> like there has to be a pattern here, but I never figured out how to do it. So that one I Googled. Um, and the last one, which I actually want to complain about right now on the pod oh, yeah. um, is I think the fact that you needed to collect and plant all 50 seeds was a stupid um trophy hot take. um hot take well yeah, to be fair if you do miss like because like knowing that you can talk to the the pothead guy to know where the pots are wasn't that bad because I, I found like the, the hints were like pretty good <laughs> excuse me um but yeah if, if you miss a seed it's so tedious to find because like yeah you have the pink door to know which area it is but some of the areas are enormous like the frog guys flooded area is huge so that can take ages to find a seed. Luckily, on my first playthrough, I I got all the seeds just like by playing Holy the game normally. Shit. That's so, wild. Yeah, so it wasn't a problem for me at all. But I can completely see because on my second playthrough, I was also doing 100 because I was like, why not? I missed one seed and I had to just trek through the entire flooded area. And it took a little bit of time, so I can definitely see how that can be pretty tedious. And it's it's interesting that you say that too because I um. Uh, like I didn't realize that that was a trophy. So mm-hmm. one of the problems that I did was I would get to certain pots and I wouldn't want to use my seeds on them. Same, same. Like, I would be like, oh, I'm full health. I don't need a. I don't need to plant this right now. So then at the end, when I had like se- six, six or seven seeds left over, I still needed to find like two or three more. I did pretty good with finding the seeds, but going back and finding all the pots for me was and, like and you didn't awful. know about pothead giving the hints right well so it's interesting because i went to pothead and i remember i was on my last one and i had no idea where my last one was and i wanted to make sure i needed only one more so i went to his garden to check like above the door mm-hmm. and pothead didn't even give me a hint he just said only one left only one seed without a home and that's it that's all he said to me that's maybe he's just cutting you short like <laughs> Because I, I like definitely. That's why I didn't even know he gave hints. Because for that last one, that's strictly what he said. Only that's one wild. seed without a home. And was it in like a crazy faraway spot, or was no, it in the uh, garden? 
No, it was guess 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 where it was. I, I gave you a hint. It was my <laughs> least favorite place in the whole. Oh, thing. it was is in the um the rooftops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that place. True. That 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 would be definitely annoying. And like speaking of that puzzle as well, I didn't realize that puzzle because I I found that door like fairly later on, like the uh, the door we have to get all the seeds to open. Yeah. I found it like later on, and I didn't actually realize that I needed the seeds to open it. So I went into the uh, grandma's house, and you know how there's like the little soul pots you have to break to open the little doors throughout the, yeah. her like mansion. I thought I had to collect extra souls because they respawned. So I, I was going around breaking all the pots again, forgetting that I you broke them initially to open the doors because they respawned. And I was like, oh, like it must be like filling up that one soul, like like yeah, uh um, yeah the soul door in the garden but turns out it was the plant so i spent I'm, so much time breaking pots and like i was like cause i was only like one or two pots short near the end i was like oh like I, i'm pretty sure i went through the whole grandma says i broke all the pots and then i walked in they, they respawned so like oh my goodness maybe i like i have to do it all in one shot or something or maybe i have to do it at night so i broke those pots so many times oh, but yeah like i i was pretty lucky that i figured it out because like um I looked at the door because, again, you know how there was the two seed pot, two or three seed pots in there? Yes. I was like, I'm not touching these. Yeah, so same. So I yeah. didn't touch them, but then I went up, I looked at the door, and then I like hit the two or three seed pots and went up, and I noticed the door moved up. Perfect, yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, this relates to, to those specifically. And like, right. I thought that, that was a pretty, for me, that was a pretty like cool one. Um, did you, question for you, there's five other weapons in the game five weapons total um mm. did you ever use anything other than the umbrella for the umbrella run and the sword for the sword run yeah i actually made an effort to use all of them a little bit um i i i, I naturally so i found without grinding like just organically during my playthrough i found the um axe the thor's hammer like the thunder hammer really, yeah i didn't really like that one very much yeah it was, it's kind of neat because like it does like the electricity does spread to the other enemies they all kind of have their perks right because like the sword just nice like general overall the electricity kind of spreads a little bit on the hammer the uh rogue daggers are were super good for uh getting soul and stuff um because it just has such a fast attack speed the umbrella was just cute because you're holding an umbrella and then uh the great sword was just kind of like a better version of the uh original sword you get so i thought they were like different enough to be like worth the use but there's, there's nothing too crazy like <laughs> and like the road daggers for me were not fair like those were i didn't like those at all um and yeah the great, i actually never i actually never tried the great sword because that was one of the last things i had to do in the game right i actually found it like like or like near the end game so i ended up using it for like the entire end of my playthrough i thought it was pretty good because that's like it has like a nice reach as well especially when you fully upgrade your damage speaking of the upgrades what was your uh your focus on your upgrades in your first playthrough uh obviously it was sword damage number one yeah, for sure. Uh, and then too. it was speed of um, attack. Right, right. See, I kind of like I did like sword damage one hundred percent. Like, uh, and then I did like you know a little bit of attack speed, a little bit of like rolling speed to like run around, and explore faster. But on my second playthrough, um, magic. Yeah, obviously it was magic. But then I also upgraded the sword because like I might as well. And then by the end of the game, I basically had max maxed out magic damage, maxed out sword damage, and a bit of attack speed. And I was melting enemies, especially because I was doing my whole like set them on fire first, like shoot an arrow at them, grapple towards them, like yeah. do like a. I was using the whole combat system. I was frying enemies, which was um, was pretty satisfying, knowing that if you use all the different aspects of the game, the whole combat system, 
it's uh, rewarding, and you, you do a lot more damage. Well, do you want to hear something that's so embarrassing? Let's um, hear it. <laughs> so this isn't like an embarrassing puzzle that I did, but the so there's a certain part where you need to go around collecting the rest of the shrines. Um, and there's the one shrine where you're in uh, the frog area, but like in like the forest part of it, mm -hmm. the jungle part. Um, and it's, you know how you go down and you fight that chest and that chest gives you the, um, one of the talismans or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So there's the one off to the left where you have to jump around, like, uh, jump around, shoot the crystal, and then you go and you have to fight like four waves of enemies in that yeah. little, uh, area. Yeah. The, the big fat knight with oh my the, goodness. um, like the gas. Yeah. It, I, I probably died honest to God, dude, about 25 times on that. I couldn't I, do it. I probably died 35 times. Like I that was that, the hardest, hardest fight for me. That was the hardest fight in the game. I literally killed it the first time. Second time I like played a little bit better, but uh, cause I knew what to expect. But the first time around, I just shot fire at it. Wait till the burning, like finished ticking and then shot fire at it again and just kept doing that. Cause I, it was just like, I, I, it was so fast the way he just turns on you. That was an insanely difficult fight. I'm so glad that I'm not alone in that. Like that's what's <laughs> that the most was wild. Like, for me, for me, that was the hardest part of the game. That um, was the hardest part of the game. I think honestly, I, I died a fair amount in the beginning to the Yeti as well. Um, just because I was being a little bit too greedy for a lot of the fight instead mm -hmm. of like being patient, like dodging the rolls and everything. And then obviously the Lord of Doors can be like a little bit challenging. Um, when when you like when you're still like trying to like figure out like what he's doing and everything and like the succession he's doing it but totally. once you like understand the moves like, it's easy enough to dodge but uh like, yeah lord of doors definitely for like the uh magic playthrough was a lot harder for me uh i definitely felt that as well i found that interesting because i found that like my entire magic playthrough was way easier because i just wasn't in within reach of the enemies like so I just my, like I was playing Elden Ring, just casting spells from a distance. Well, I was gonna say, like for me, um, the only things that were harder in my magic playthrough was Betty the Yeti, because obviously, okay. like that's such a tight circle right, with her, right? Um, and the Lord of Doors, but everything else was significantly easier. Mm -hmm. um, especially like I was saying with this with your uh, the Gray Crow that gave you trouble. It also gave me trouble not because I was getting hit, because I just couldn't hit him. Like, I just never knew when my opportunity, because I didn't want to just run in his face because he just starts walking at you and, do, and deals damage. Um, But, like, I, I literally just couldn't catch him. And then in my second playthrough, I realized, that, like, I guess it was kind of a hint, because, like, he's spamming, like, his hookshot or whatever to, like, zip around the map. So I started using my hookshot on him to close the gap. And I was like, oh, like, that's how you get openings to, like, actually deal damage to him. So I thought that was, that was cool. That was kind of, like, it's, like, a really key, like, mechanic to use in that fight that I didn't pick up the first time. No, honestly, and like I said, I just completely missed. Like that that was my totally my bad on the Lord of Doors stuff too. Like, but the one thing I wanted to just quickly talk about is like, let's talk about the platinum journey in this oh, game. Oh, for sure. I think this was one of the best laid out platinum trophies I've seen in a while. Um because like yes, it makes you technically have to play the game twice, once to get used to it, and the second right. time with the umbrella. But it's not really difficulty based. It is, but it's not because at that point you're essentially just playing a magic run. Like mm -hmm. you're not like the enemies don't have more health. The enemies aren't doing new things. You, it's actually I think easier doing the umbrella run than it was doing my first run because a I knew what to do and b I knew how to use my magic. For sure, and for sure. To me, almost I say almost everything else came naturally, organically, and a lot of fun. Um, there's the two missables, 
which um, obviously always suck in a game when there's two missables. But I mean, I missed the both of them on the first round, but I got them both on the second one. What was the second missable again? Uh, so the first one was um, shooting fire in the granny's vase. Oh, right, right. And the second one was shooting a bomb into the uh, frog king's mouth. Of course, Yeah, I, I missed both those as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely missed both of those. Easy to get on the second playthrough. And since you're doing the second playthrough and the second playthrough allows you to use magic, super easy to get it done. And it's really cool like how, like, using the tool that you get in their area gives you such a big advantage during the fight like oh it's massive like it's it's I you get a huge opening yeah and you get a massive opening to deal massive damage to them um I, yeah i i absolutely love that i don't know if there was one for the yeti but there wasn't a trophy associated with it so i doubt that I, there was i guess like you could just say like using the hook shot to close the di- the distance but no there wasn't like a trophy uh mm-hmm. specifically tied to it but in regards to the platinum though i, I agree it was um it was basically just like experience the whole game. Like there wasn't like grind a bunch of souls, max out every skill. You only had to max out like one of the skill trees, which is which like most people will do. Um, so it's basically just experiencing the entire game. And another thing I noticed too, which I thought was pretty neat, is obviously a lot of games have hidden trophies for like story related things or whatever. But the trophy for the hidden ending, even when you reveal the description of it, it's just three question marks. Yeah, I love that. Too. I like, love they- that. Like. Because they're just like, and like, let's like, that's kind of a perfect note. Like I wanted to talk a little bit about the hidden ending and like, sort For of sure. like I, I, I was left confused personally. Um, like, so the hidden ending does this big thing where you find out like basically how the doors were created and mm-hmm. you find out basically um, a, the God called truth and a man merged together and all that kind of stuff. And truth was locked up and you basically just freed truth. Right. And so that's like all I really, that's honestly, but that's what I was going to say is that's really all I understood. Like I was kind of like, and like the soul that you were chasing was like, a, no, the soul that the crow was chasing was like a special soul or something like that. Like it was so, the soul of yeah. somebody else. I, I, so, I, I got kind of confused. Yeah. So I, I did, I watched it a few times the ended cutscene just to make sure I had a grasp on things, but essentially like the ending slash, like the whole like point of the game is so initially there's this, like, it looks like a little girl, like the person who like found the door. I just caught like, thought it was like a little like ginger girl, but mm-hmm. she basically finds this like magical door. He finds this magical door that has truth inside, like you said, and merges with truth to become like this God. So, um, with this God, like, you know, like death is still a thing, like the world's norm, like people die and everything, but then something happens and say why this door, like, um, the door that she finds breaks and basically it causes like some issues in the world and the Lord of Doors ends up like the first Lord of Doors ends up stumbling across it and captures like truth or like you, you know, uses the door, like the fragments of the door to capture death. And and the death's door is like the big door. Like you're getting all the souls to the, the basically. So, so backing up, like the, the old crow you fight, like the, the crow, like the, the old guy, his basically job was to find the person that merged with truth. Like that, that was his soul that he was designated to get. And so he pro- never, he never could find it. Problem was it, like- it was, yeah, was it possible because that soul was lost to the ether when it, com- when the person combined with truth. So this crow set on a impossible journey because the soul he's looking for literally doesn't exist. And he basically finds it, tracks it to death's door. Cause death's door is basically, it's, it's like, um, it's sealed death away. It's also like where the ether is and everything. 
and he tracks it to that door because obviously that's where like truth and the the human soul like merge together but the soul doesn't exist anymore it's in the ether so he requires you to get three giant souls it's actually four because the one in the beginning of the game he steals from you in order to try to break the door open right yeah so he wants to break the door so he says okay get three more giant souls and that'll be enough like giant soul energy to break this door so i can go inside you can get your soul that i stole from you and i can finally complete my assignment of getting my soul and then obviously when you get inside and you meet death who i loved how death was just like this cool guy with like a hoodie and like a little, a little fanny pack i know and he stuff. had a little fanny pack like, this guy this guy's this guy's, this guy's kind of chill you know? like, yeah like this guy's so, hard so obviously this crow loses his mind because he's realized that the soul he's been spending his entire life for he can't even get it doesn't exist anymore so that ends up why you, you start fighting him but then going back to the secret ending you essentially find all these fragments to kind of somewhat like put together like the door that like 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 that got destroyed and like hid truth away and um you're able to like combine like gain powers from truth so basically your crow becomes like the new truth and can re-enter the world and like you know do whatever like it, it basically just says like the crow can do its mission now it doesn't expand on it but um it's a good thing that truth is basically like unleashed into the world because obviously it's like it's like a positive trade and stuff and like the whole game's about like hiding different like states of the world so like trapping away death and everything because the lord of doors was obviously like the one that like literally hid okay, so death away so, okay so it is good news to me it felt very ominous that's no, why i got so confused truth is like there's I, it, like a lot of mystery around it obviously like you know you don't know how the door got like initially broke when the the human merged with truth like you don't that's, that's not explained and but i i do believe truth is a good thing because it's it true. seems like yeah, it, yeah ex exactly it seems like truth is a good thing and the whole like premise around death being captured away and causing stagnation in the world because no one can die that was like that seen as like a negative thing because death is like part of a natural part of life so now that death can um go back to his job again going back to the original story death made a deal with the lord of doors basically lord, lord doors basically said I'll do your job for you. You can basically chill. You don't have to go around and be a grim reaper because when you talk to death, he's like, Oh, like it's, it's a really sad job. Obviously, you know, like it, it wasn't sad dying because everyone dies, but it was sad, like seeing the people that you leave behind and death didn't like doing his job. So he made a deal with the Lord of the doors, the Lord of doors ended up tricking him and capturing him, uh, within the, uh, the door, but all the Lord of doors eventually would say, okay, I'm ready to die. And that was kind of like, like, even though death was like trapped, it was like the doors would, st or wait, was it, was it the last Lord of Doors that trapped him? Anyways, at one point death is trapped, but the, the Lord of Doors are always, actually, okay, wait, I, I got it. Okay. So the Lord of Doors, the deal they made was they would work for death and like use these doors that they create and send ravens out to do death's job of like reaping souls. And that was good. They, they everything worked. And then the Lord of Doors would eventually say i'm ready to die as well and that was all as good the problem is the latest lord of doors like the last lord of doors in the game says i actually don't want to die ever and locks death away and then causes like a, a big problem because now the reapers don't really have a job because no one's dying and death's locked away so like the balance of the world is doesn't work at all so that makes so much more sense yeah so i my a little scuffed job explaining it but that's essentially what the story is about is about the, the deal with the Lord of Doors and the last one, like breaking that deal and then 
being about freeing death and then re like bringing truth into the world to kind of you know make the world like good again. It's I I mean I think that that's the perfect the perfect <laughs> sort of explanation of it. Like I it felt like not a miss for me, but I watched it and I was kind of like I don't really understand what's going on here. I was confused at first too. Yeah. Um, like I said, this I I hot take i feel like the overarching story is a bit intense like a bit overwhelming in 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 ways like the overarching aspect of it all like there's a lot of lore for a very short game yeah there's a lot of a lot of mystery as well like not everything's explained Mm -hmm, exactly and like the so interesting fact so one interesting fact i think it's kind of like i think we've talked this game to death ironically (laughs) get my joke but um so one interesting fact about death door is first of all it was actually published by devolver digital um which is the was the company that actually made Fall Guys, and no kidding. I, and I kind of see a similarity there in a way. Oh my! Um, that's that's so that's so, the very interesting fun fact. I would have never thought that. But to make things even more interesting, the actual developers is a company called Acid Nerve. And listen to this: two dudes are responsible for the producer, the designer, the programmer, the artist, and the writer and the composer. It's two guys' names listed. That's unbelievable. That, that that when I when I was looking at the credits and saw those two names over and over again, it reminded me of Hollow Knight and how like, it was I'm basically saying. like two main guys. It's incredible. So it's David Fenn, Mark Foster. These guys are with Acid Nerve. Like the fact that these two guys took the reins on everything from the writing to the programming, the to music, the, like yeah, like they like honestly, it's a bravo. Also, we talked about this. Um, this game came out three years ago, so. This is actually like not necessarily a new a new game, but it it kind of holds up like it is. I think due to the animation style. Oh, for sure. Like that that art style is, is like quite timeless. Like as long as it has like a good fidelity to it, and like like you said, like when you initially told me that, I was really surprised. I thought it was a a PlayStation Plus like debut launch, mm-hmm. so it definitely it, holds up. It plays phenomenal. Um, I didn't experience any glitches at all. The game is extremely polished, like we said before. And you know what? Like, I think as we end this podcast, like, I don't know if you have anything, any other pressing topics on this, but I just have a a few bullet points, a little, like little side things here and there. So, uh, this is just like little things. I I just like thought were really cool about the game. Um, one was the, uh, another really, like all the areas are cool. Like the, like the frog area, the giant, the, uh, the Yeti and the grandma, all their areas are cool. They all like different unique enemies. I almost wish that the enemies were like exclusive to their area just to make them even more personable. But um, they're all cool. And then the uh, the musician that sings to you and stuff. I loved her as a character as well. And like the little song she does for you, like in the, uh, I'm talking about the Yeti area. And like how she sings about the adventure. And I just thought the songs were like really cute and stuff. And she's also in the uh, the forest area. She sings like a little song to you there. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, The Bard. The Bard. Yes. Yes. I, I just loved like the... Like, it plays the same, like, little musical note every time, and obviously just the dialogue changes, but her little dance was adorable, so that was one thing I thought was really cute. Another cool detail was the signs in the game. If you cut them, they actually cut in half, and you can read each individual half of the sign. Yes, I noticed that. I noticed that. When I saw that, I knew it was a good game. Like, (laughs) little details like that are just, like, you can just tell it's quality when, when there's, like, little, like, little things like that. I also really enjoyed the super mario sunshine style sewers that you drop into right yeah you cu- I know it was exactly. <laughs> literally exactly like super mario sunshine i got so nostalgic when i saw that those actually took me a while to like figure out what to do with because whenever i stumbled across them i always thought it was just an ability i hadn't acquired i didn't realize you had to like 
drop down from above. Um, I, compl- those are really- I, I completely agree with you on that one. hundred percent. Yeah, those are really cool. And then just the last thing that stood out for me was, um, again, just like the, all the characters are like really cute. They all fun dialogue. You have like the, uh, people in your office, the one guy who just loves to type and everything. He loves to fill out forms. I thought that was like a, a cute character. And then the little like, uh, tree people in the forest area. Uh, I, I thought they were hilarious because one of them, um, I even remember the dialogue. She basically, they have like little sticks with marshmallows on the end. And if you talk to them, they're like, oh, the marshmallows are so we don't poke each other, but we can also eat them if we get hungry. And I just thought that was like, oh, that's, it's that's a just lot of adorable. little funny it's lines. Adorable. <laughs> I, exactly. Like just a lot of really good, like creative looking characters and stuff. They all have like, obviously there's no voice acting. So they just have like little noise with the text boxes, but they all have like personalities and everything. The animations are really cute. And it's just a, a really, really well put together game. I, you know what? I think it's. I actually think that that's like a lot of really, really great points about like a fantastic game. Like I think you know, it, as we move forward with sort of this ser- series within a series for our podcast, like talking through some of these like monthly um, PlayStation games. Like I think it's pretty obvious what we're going to say about this game in terms of if it's worth the time on your hard drive or not. <laughs> so I want to make it, and Billy, I'm going to put us both on the spot here, and if you can't answer this, you can't answer this. Um. I'm going to kind of just tailor this, I think, my recommendation to sort of different players. So the way that I look at this is if you've listened to the end and you want to hear a little bit more, like what this game is tailored towards is I think this game is tailored towards people that love exploration, that really like that easy combat experience in a lot of ways. Like sometimes you can get frustrated, but it is very easy. Uh, if you're looking for something that has an interesting story as well, um, and just an all-around sort of chill game, like this isn't one of those games that's going to be like really heavy, really intense, but like it's a really sort of dark but cute adventure with an amazing end game um, exploration and end game sort of uh, past the final boss. So I think realistically, that's what I would say about the game. Obviously, not every game is for everybody. It's definitely was a game for me. Billy, it was definitely a game for you, but like, what type of player do you think this sort of caters to? I would love to know your thoughts on that. I know I'm putting you so on. Yeah, no, it's no problem at all. Well, it's it's not a game for your Warzone NBA 2K23 type player. You now, like, it's 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 slower pace. You know, you're gonna have to explore a little bit, take your time with it. But if if you don't mind taking your time with the game, you'd like to like read like different like read about like the uh, the little characters and stuff like that with like fun dialogue and. Like I said, it's not like a big game. So like, I, I my main game right now is I'm working through The Witcher Three, but this wasn't like a, I didn't have to go through a whole learning curve to be able to pick this up. I just picked it up, started playing. Like it, very basic controls and stuff. Even though you can like get more advanced, so um, I think it's recommended for a lot of people. Like at least try it out, go through like the first little area, see how you like it. Um, not a very long game, definitely worth your time. And I, I just think it was a, a really well made, polished experience that I think a lot of people can enjoy. And, you know, again, as always, Billy, thank you so much for, for coming on the pod. I know thank you're, doing you so much. Co- yeah. you're doing some cool stuff on the Wolfo account. Do you want to you plug yourself? A little bit here and there. Wolf901 on all socials. Uh, I'm most active on TikTok and YouTube. So if I do anything there, uh, that's what it'll be. But uh, again, thank you so much for having me. I love doing these. It's always a pleasure. Beauty. And we will be back. This is kind of what we're calling our bonus episode one, our first of the series when it comes to looking at some uh, monthly PlayStation Plus games. So we're super excited to keep this trend going. Even if the game's shit, we've decided we're going to come <laughs> back and we're going to tell you it's shit. So we're going to make sure that you're kind of locked in and to what games you're going to be expecting going into each month. 
Uh, and next, our next episode is back to our regularly scheduled Telltale Experience, where we'll be talking all about The Walking Dead Season 3. Sun is rising, here we are I didn't think we'd come this far I just feel